0: Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, a podcast where testicular cancer survivors, caregivers, and others who have navigated the cancer journey share their stories. The podcast comes to you from the Max Mallory Foundation, a non-profit family foundation focused on educating about testicular cancer in honor and in memory of Max Mallory who died in 2016 at the young age of 22 from testicular cancer. Had he survived, Max wanted to help young adults with cancer. This podcast helps meet that goal. Here now is your host, Joyce Lofstrom, Max's mom and a young adult cancer survivor.
1: Hi, this is Joyce, and with me today is Doug MacArthur, who was 20 years old when he was a junior in college and found a lump on his testicle. He waited a couple of months before heading to the student health clinic where the doctor suspected cancer. He told Doug to go home and confirm the diagnosis of cancer and set up a treatment plan. Doug did head home and followed the plan, which he will share with us. And now, four years later, he's just come back from climbing Mount Kilimanjaro at the top of Africa. That happened in March. And he's going to tell us about that and why he did that to help raise awareness about this disease. So, Doug, thanks for being here.
2: Thank you for having me, Joyce. Excited to be here.
1: So let's start with a mountain climb. I think that's such an interesting story. I don't know the story, but (laughs) tell us about it
2: yeah so about a month ago now a group of 11 guys from all over the U.S. as part of Movember we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro we didn't know each other we're all kind of supporters of Movember which is a men's health organization that's worldwide they started in Australia but they're growing their presence a lot in the U.S. now and they kind of have four focus areas and that's prostate cancer testicular cancer mental health and suicide prevention we all kind of had different reasons for being there but obviously mine was for testicular cancer and just kind of men's health in general so we we applied this trip in like august or september of last year and then we found out soon after that and We had about four months of training that they kind of recommended and we all raised at least $10,000 as well to support the charity. So in the end, actually, I think we raised over like $135,000 as a group of 11, which is pretty amazing. And so just awesome trip altogether. We were there for about two weeks. It was an eight-day trek, 45 miles about. And then we went up to the summit at 19,341 feet and all of us made it. Wow. Pretty spectacular. Yeah.
1: Oh, gosh. So did you have like somebody going with you, like a guide kind of person? Yeah, we
2: we had an awesome like tourist company that like, kind of planned the whole trip. And then they had a local crew and guides. we had about six or seven guides and then a crew of about 40 people. So it's, it's a big, pretty big expedition, but they help you carry most of your stuff and they cook all of the meals for you. And so they make it pretty easy for pretty much anyone to be able to do. We have a pretty wide range of ages on our trip. I was like the second youngest. I'm 24 right now, but there was a college student who was 22 and then went all the way up to, we had a 61 year old guy who was also in our group and we all made it up, oh. but the crew, the crew was a big help in that. So,
1: well, congrats. What a yeah. an experience. I mean, wow. I mean, I don't like to jump off the high dive in a pool, so I can't <laughs> imagine climbing Kilimanjaro, but yeah,
2: luckily it's, it's just like a long hike, steep hike, but nothing too treacherous or technical. So just. Pretty awesome experience, definitely wow. once in a yeah. lifetime trip. So.
1: Well, let's then go back to why you did it and go back to your whole testicular cancer story and tell us about that.
2: So I was first diagnosed in 2018, just coming up on five years now, which is pretty crazy. But I had first found out I was studying abroad the summer before. And I came back to the U.S. around August Had a few weeks before I went back to school at Cal Poly in Central California. And I noticed something was a little off. I just felt that there was like a little bump or lump in the shower, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I did a bit of Googling just to see what it could have been. And, oh, maybe it was just an infection that was go away or something, but it didn't really change much. So, Right after school started in September, I finally went to see the health center at our college. And the doctor there kind of first said, he's like, yeah, this is pretty serious, probably. And it was like a Friday afternoon. He's like, you should go get an ultrasound tomorrow morning, Saturday morning. I found out the results on like Sunday. It said it was a mass that was like grape-sized and most mm-hmm. likely to be cancer. And so by Tuesday, I was on my way back home to Las Vegas to be with my parents and get treatment there just because it would be easier being in a bigger city and having more Um, support around me. So I got there, I saw a urologist on Wednesday, I think I had surgery a week after that to have the the mass removed, the testicle, and then a few more weeks of waiting to see the results and more blood tests to see how my levels were doing. And then beginning of November is when they decided that I was going to go through chemo as well because... It didn't really spread outside of the testicle, but there was a chance that it could have. And so they just kind of wanted to be extra cautious and my levels weren't going down all the way. So did three rounds of chemo, nine weeks long. So I had that through Thanksgiving and Christmas and it wasn't wasn't the worst thing ever, but definitely it wasn't super fun, but yeah. I had a lot of time to spend in the chair reading and then just doing nothing after a while. So but luckily, my my dad was there and my, my mom was around too, just to kind of help me through the whole thing. And then I by January, first week of January, I was done with chemo. I got the report removed immediately and I went back to school a week later and just went back to life after that. So quick experience with testicular cancer, but I learned a lot. And during that, the time that I started chemo is when I first got involved with Movember and that's when I started raising money for them as well too while I was going through chemo. I thought I would do something productive while I'm sitting in a chair all day. So yeah, that's that's the main reason I climbed. That's kind of what got me into being an advocate for men's health and testicular cancer and When I first got diagnosed in the initial stages of surgery, I just used humor a lot just to tell people about it. I knew I wasn't going to die. I'd caught it early enough that it was definitely curable. And so I just used lots of jokes and ball jokes and nuts and everything just to spread the word and get other people to start checking their balls and just making sure people are aware. So that's kind of how I got into the men's health world and just being an advocate for that. And since then, I think I've grown a lot in four or five years now, just graduating college and being on my own now with a full-time career. I've learned a lot about myself and just taking care about my health in multiple ways. So just trying to be a, a good advocate for that.
1: That's great. We need more people like you to do that. So men are more... I guess willing to talk about their health, check their balls, their testicles and make sure it's okay. Cause yeah, it's just what you have to do. And it's, I'm glad that it all came together so well, cause like, you're catching it early is key. It's very important to do that. So what do you think your biggest challenge was during that? Cause you had to take a semester off of school or did you, were you able to keep going to school?
2: No, I took a, we were on the quarter system. So I took a quarter off of school and then one week of the next quarter but it actually worked out not too bad I had taken some summer classes before and I was able to graduate on time so which was pretty awesome yeah so it was it was definitely hard leaving college I was started the school year I was in school for like two weeks and then I had to like leave abruptly and leave all my friends and my roommate Mm -hmm. was by himself too and so that was tough just having to go back to Las Vegas where my parents are my siblings weren't around either they were in college as well. So that was tough, but I had friends come visit, lots of care packages, lots of other support. So I think overall, like, yeah, chemo sucked, but I don't think it was the worst thing ever Yeah. for what it does. so.
1: Yeah, that's it. You have to think of the end game, don't you, with all of that? Well, you talked about going home to your parents. Did you have a good support group? You said your friends came to visit and... What kind of support did you have to get through all of that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I would say definitely my parents, they were a big help just in getting appointments and trying to manage blood tests and insurance and all the the pains that come with medical care. So they were a big help. And when I was going through chemo, my dad luckily retired a few years before. And so he drove me to my appointments Mm -hmm. every day and waited for me and bring food and take me to the hospital when I had a 103 degree fever. So yeah, he was just amazing support. I mean, I think he was definitely affected maybe more than I was even just watching me go through that and the other people around me and the infusion room and definitely not the most uplifting place, but the people there are still amazing. I still remember all of my infusion nurses, people who just giving us all the treatment, but they, they were pretty incredible the whole, the whole nine weeks. So.
1: Yeah. I remember with Max, my son, he had some really wonderful nurses and I remember one of them, I, I'm i pretty sure the last day he they brought in lemon bars, she would make. Really? Yeah. So that was just something I think that I remember of it, but yeah, it's so vital to have that. I mean, that kind of support. So, so you talked about Movember earlier. How did you, And you started, you said while you were in chemo, how -hmm. did you find it? How'd you find it? I just asked that because I think there's so many, hopefully listeners that know about it, but if they don't, that's a really good support group and system. So
2: Mm -hmm. I can't remember the first time I ever heard about it. I think I know there was like a, there was a men and masculinities program at our college and they were kind of, they were supporting Movember during that year so you don't know much about Movember, they're men's health charity, but the whole idea is that during the month of November, you grow a mustache and that's kind of a way that people will talk or ask about what are you growing a mustache for? And so everyone shaves down to bare face on the 1st of November and then throughout the month, they try to grow a mustache. And so that's the main month where they're trying to get donations because they do a lot of medical research and funding for that. Uh, but the part is just spreading awareness. And so a lot of colleges had programs where they would, all the students would work to raise money and do different events to spread awareness about that. And so I think I heard about it then. And then, like I said, right after I started chemo, I was like, might as well try to yeah. do something productive. So I started my own like November campaign, just posting about my experience and the chemo, just so I could share people what the experience was like. And then I was able to like, Raise a thousand dollars, I think, in that that first month, which was cool, just to see. So that was my first experience with November, and then I think a few months after that, after I got into remission, they had heard about my story somehow. I think just by posting on social media and interacting with them on other stuff, and they wanted to film a video and kind of mm. do a story for the upcoming testicular cancer awareness month in that April, and so I got to film a video with them of that year and talk about my experience, my journey, and just what it means for me to be healthy now and how that affected me. So, and I think initially too, when I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me and if it was cancer or something else, but they have a lot of good resources just about the process. So first about finding the lump and then going to talk to a friend or a doctor, and then kind of the steps of getting an ultrasound and doing surgery and getting blood tests and then the different types and what other surgeries could happen. And then kind of the after stuff too. So after you go through chemo or even kind of the middle of talking about fertility and donating sperm and banking that just to think about the future. And then after chemo of talking about fertility and just how it affects your life after that. So a lot of, a lot of great resources and they had people you could talk to just like kind of Examples of men all over the world who had gone through testicular cancer at different stages, different ages to learn about it. That's great. Great resource. So,
1: you mentioned I'm going to kind of jump back to the mountain, but about it was like a long hike. Are you already a hiker? I mean, were you ready to do? I'm just curious because I just find it fascinating.
2: I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm not climbing mountains every weekend, (laughs) but I mean, I was a Boy Scout. God, my Eagle Scout, so a lot of hiking, oh. camping growing up. I live in Seattle now. I lived in Portland before, so a lot of hiking and outdoor activities on the weekend. So I say I'm a pretty, pretty active outdoors person, but I'm not. I don't have all the the summits planned on my bucket list. But <laughs> when that when this came up, I was just like, seems like a once in a lifetime journey. And so I, I'd heard about Kilimanjaro before my aunt and uncle had gone like 10 years ago after they got married and so they had talked all about it they unfortunately didn't make it up my aunt got sick I had some respiratory problems like halfway up so just kind of like oh I want to make sure I can do this but yeah just awesome experience that I wanted to do and it seemed like a really great opportunity just to support Movember do this with other guys it was a good good point in my life to do that
1: yeah well, that's great. I just, I'm like I said, it's it's fascinating to me. But you also had a somewhat of a reference if your aunt and uncle had tried to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you it's know.
2: a pretty popular mountain too, I think, because it's the highest summit in Africa. So I think out of the seven continents, it's probably the easiest one to oh, do. Okay. Right. There's, I think, there's like sixteen thousand people that summit every year or attempt to summit every year. So it's a pretty popular one and definitely one I think that all ages experiences can do. We had guys on our trip who were not hikers, some lived in New York City, so they had a tough time training, but they all did really well. So,
1: All right. That's great. So what advice would you give to other young men who find a lump or are worried about it or just try to prevent not paying attention? Any advice?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the recommendation is to check at least like once a month. So when you're in the shower, just like feel it out and see what's normal. And then so you have an idea of what's normal, what's not normal if something comes up. And if you feel something that's not normal yeah do a quick google search i'm sure everyone will no matter what just to have an idea but try to go talk to a doctor or someone as soon as you can just to give some sort of reference and see if it could be something else because you never know i have actually had multiple guys now who have texted me and said they felt something and asked what to do and if it was cancer or not and i was like i don't know but you need to go see a doctor and so like some people have done it and it was fine and wasn't it was just an infection or something but actually my my roommate in college a few years after I had cancer he texted me and said that he was just diagnosed with testicular cancer he had found a lump and it turned out to be cancer too oh, so God. he went through chemo and is all good now too but it just shows that for young guys it is very common and so you just never know so just keep an eye on your body and just understanding how it works and what's normal and what's not normal right. it's very important
1: you know i've talked to you several men who their only symptom was back, lower back pain and you mm-hmm. know you could attribute that to many things you know oh i you know whatever lifted something too heavy or what and i think that's something to pay attention to as well if it persists because that is often you know one of the other symptoms that come you know it appears in yeah the whole process yeah so,
2: and um, like i would say like I, I didn't have any effects from the cancer like i never felt sick or in pain or anything it was just the chemo that did that so if there was no physical way to tell that it was cancer then it could have been, yeah, a lot longer.
1: So tell us about your career, because I read about that too. So you're a structural designer. Now, is that an architect or is it different than an architect?
2: Or It's close. So I got my degree in architectural engineering, which everyone thinks I'm an architect then, but I have to tell my family and friends <laughs> all the time that I'm not an architect, but I work with them all the time. So Uh, technically, I'm a structural designer, but I do structural engineering. I'm just not allowed to call myself a structural engineer yet because I don't have my license. Uh, But yeah, so that's just designing buildings, all the inside, the structure, so the beams and columns and foundations. And um, we work with architects every day to design solutions and come up with ideas. And just before this, I was actually assessing a building. So it's an old building here in Seattle it was built in 1912 and they used a lot of brick and masonry that is unreinforced that could fall down in an earthquake. So we're kind of doing some work for the owner just to assess the building. So sometimes it's exciting site work like that. A lot of times we're in the office doing calculations and working with the models and doing drawings. And so it's a pretty, pretty, pretty fun time. I enjoy it. Always had a good time with it.
1: I think that's one of those careers where you know, people know about architects and people know about engineers, but you've got both a structural engineer, like you said, you're don't have your license yet, but it's it's probably a it's a, a job that we have to have that you I mean, to make those buildings come together. But it, you know, I've learning just talking to you. So I think it's really interesting. interesting. I mean, seriously, you know, yeah. I, mean, I have friends who are architects, and mm-hmm. engineers, but anyway, just a compliment on that. So thank you. So, what's next for you in life? Anything you want to share, like down the road? Any. Career goals, Um, personal goals,
2: anything. Yeah, everyone's asking me what mountain I'm going to climb next. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have an idea on that yet. I would love to climb Mount St. Helens down in Southern Washington. That's an easier one I've heard. Mount Rainier would be a cool one too, but that's definitely a lot more technical. You're actually climbing up a glacier with crampons and pickaxes. So compared to Mount Kilimanjaro, I think that one is a little harder, less elevation obviously, but could be hard. So maybe I'll get there someday, but I don't have too many big plans right now. I'm just excited to kind of continue my career growth and personal growth here in Seattle. I just moved into my own apartment, first one on my own a couple months ago. So just excited to kind of live, really enjoy living in the city and just being a part of that. So no, no big plans as of yet.
1: (laughs) Well, you've got Like you said, your first apartment, that's always fun. I think to get going in life. So my last question. So what song when you hear it, do you just have to sing along to?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about this and I have lots, I'm a big fan of like the killers, but also lots of pop music too and the ones that come that comes to mind is beyonce's love on top it's just like a really fun song and in high school there for some reason it became a thing and we would get so into it when it came on and there's student council activities and everything so definitely always dance to that one i'm seeing yeah. beyonce in concert in september so oh, hopefully fine. hopefully yeah. she'll play it that's but we'll see
1: i think those in-person concerts are so much fun i went to a lot of them In college and after college, it was great, so I know. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm excited, especially since COVID, to get back into live music and experience that again.
1: Well, I appreciate that you took the time to talk to me today and share your story, the mountain story, and your testicular cancer story. And thanks for all you're doing, though, too, to raise awareness and money. It's We need to do that, so. You're
2: um, welcome, yeah. Glad to be here and talk about it.
1: So. I'll follow you, I guess, on mountain climbing pages and see what happens. So, but thank you. I'll
2: keep you updated.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sounds good, Doug. All right. All right. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you. All right.
0: Thank Thank you for watching this episode of Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer. If you enjoyed this podcast, please. Subscribe to our program on your favorite podcast directory. You can also visit the Max Mallory Foundation at www.maxmalloryfoundation.com slash podcast to listen to previous podcast episodes or donate to the foundation. Join us again next time for another episode of Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer.